This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. By your spirit, guide us into your truth. By your power, enable us to walk in the truth. And let our lives bear testimony that you are God from beginning to the end. We ask you, Lord, to deal with us according to your mercies and your grace. Forgive us of our sins. And send forth your power into our lives in a special way. That physical healing will come to our lives But above all, healing from the works of darkness will cease to operate in our lives. And the works of heaven shall abound. Works that are pleasing to you. Give us joy. Give us peace within. And cause our hearts to always draw closer to you. May our mouth be satisfied with good things. And may the praises of our lips be always to your glory. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good. Please be seated. Now, in Matthew chapter, sorry, I'm going to read Matthew, but in Acts chapter 26, Randbeck, are you there? How do I know that you are there? We need to have television screen so that I can see whatever I'm preaching to for the people to be present, for me to see them and interact with them. But I know you are there by faith. Amen. Amen. Good. So, I know that I've not been broadcasting here because the internet is often not the best and made worse by load shedding international affairs. (laughs) I mean, you you would never have believed if somebody told you about 24 years ago that the lights go off and can go off. In 1997, when I came to South Africa, I said, ah, this place is almost like heaven. (laughs) Because the light doesn't go off. Because having grown up in an environment where sometimes for two, three days you will not have light. And you come to a place where there must be something wrong when the light goes off. It's like, wow. But like everything else, you discover that who is in charge is what determines what happens. Unfortunately. You know, it's not a nice thing. It's not a nice thing. I always say to people that What I say, in general, I also say of myself, especially when it comes to these type of things, because I'm also one of us. And my leadership, definitely, is not that type of leadership. 
So I have to fight myself and the things that makes us lead poorly so that at least even if I don't get to the top, I can get ahead, I can get forward. Amen. Amen. So that is why I'm learning not to concentrate all the money where I am. This morning, I was communicating with the church in Swaziland, Manzini in particular. We need to build something like this there. Actually, in Babani, not Manzini. We have our church in Manzini. But we need to build a cathedral in Babani. So I was con- communicating with them. And to start with, I'll need about 70,000 to just buy the iron rods that must be hidden in the ground. And I'm sure by the time I finish the concrete, I'll need about another. 100,000. So I'm looking at anything between 200 to 300,000 just to pour on the ground. You get it? Meanwhile, I have this place also that I want to tile. And I have Randberg also that I want to make beautiful. Because at least these are the two main places that I consider a place for me. Mbabani, I don't know when I'll go there. Do you get it? So our type of leadership does things for where we are. The other type of leadership does things that must be done to ensure equity. You get it? I have at least a place where when it starts to rain, uh, most of the rains, the, the, the water will be outside this place. There may be one or two drops that may find their way. Do you get it? I have a place that, at least when it's very cold, there's a glass or what looks like a glass to prevent the wind from entering. Isn't it? In Imbabani, they don't have. They have a land. And they meet on the land in a tent. So do I tower my place and do beautiful design, do ceiling and make it feel like, yeah, this is where the bishop preaches. <laughs> oh? Or do I cover them a little bit like the way I am? It's a type of leadership. Amen. I don't know what brought me here, but let me get out of here before I can get out. Good. So, Acts chapter 26 is what I've been preaching about for some time. And the particular verse is the verse 18. The revelation that God wants out. God wants us out of the power of Satan. God, listen carefully. From that verse... The prominent desire of God is revealed. And that is, he does not want us to be under the power of Satan. Let me say it again. The prominent desire of God is that we should not be under Satan's power. Which means we are. How can I say be clothed 
if you were not naked. Eh? How can I say, wear your clothes if you were not naked? So for me to say, wear your clothes, it means that you are naked. So to arrest Paul and send him to the Gentiles to preach and to give him the task of turning them from the power of Satan onto the power of God, it means that the people without Paul's going are under the power of Satan. Did they know it? Not likely. People without Jesus are under the power of Satan. Do they know it? Not likely. Do they agree? They don't have to agree. (laughs) You know, sometimes the feeling that you have to agree for certain things to happen makes you think that everything must be with the agreement. But there are thousand and one things that happen to you without your agreement. Like, you don't have to agree for the weather to change. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I refuse, I disagree that it shall not be winter. It will be winter. (laughs) You can bind it and see whether it will be bound. So there are many things you don't have to agree. And one of such is being under the power of Satan. You don't have to agree to be under the power of Satan in a certain sense. In other words, Satan does not wait for your permission. Neither does he seek your permission legally. It is God who will say that I stand at the door of your heart and knock. But whether I will come in or not depends on you opening. Even though I have the power to open. I have the power to do whatever I want to do to you. But I will not do it if you don't want it. But as for Satan, you don't have to want it. He breaks inside. It's like a thief asking you your permission to come in. I want to steal from you. Do you want me? Would you allow me to come in? But didn't didn't Jesus describe Satan as a thief? Ah, uh, so it didn't occur to you that Jesus' description of Satan as a thief implies Satan would enter your life with or without your permission. he's not a thief if he has to enter your life with your permission and agreement then he's not a thief but that Jesus describes Satan as a thief implies also that Satan will operate in your life with or without your permission so God has sent his disciples apostles and others to go and preach the gospel the aim of it is to turn us from open our eyes, of course, because you have to see to know the difference between dark, darkness and light. 
Because when you don't see, everything is the same. Light is dark. Dark is dark. Everything is the same. You have to see. So the first mission is open your eyes and let you see the difference between this is darkness, this is light. And then through the power of preaching, turn you to the light. And as you see the light and you believe in Jesus, you also get turned away from Satan being the power that is moving you to God becoming the power that is controlling you. And then God, when he has seen your reception of Jesus, will write off your sins. Because Jesus paid it on the cross when his blood was shed. And once your sins are written off, you qualify to have the inheritance that, that belongs to people who believe in Jesus. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Now, unless we are mindful that the main task or the main agenda of God is to release us from the power of Satan and bring us under his power, we can easily be born again and continually allow ourselves to be under the power of Satan. When Adam came under the power of Satan, he was a child of God. Satan did not deceive Adam because Adam went out of the garden and he was astray. Hello. Is there anybody here who is understanding what I'm saying? Let me say it again. Satan did not deceive Adam and therefore bring him under his power because Adam went out of the garden. So being in the garden does not guarantee your safety. Hello? I mean, if, if, if that happened outside the garden, because the garden had an outside. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. The garden had an outside. It's not like the whole world was a garden. The garden was, 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 had a limitation. And it had an outside for them to be sucked out of the garden. Because if you are sucking somebody out of the garden, and the garden is the whole place, why are you sucking him to? So the event of Satan taking control of man occurred right in the residency of God. Therefore, being in church does not necessarily guarantee safety. Because sometimes we feel that, oh, we are in church. So once I'm in church, I go to church, I'm fine. Satan has no control over me. That's a lie. And he would like you to believe that you're going to church and you're belonging to a church means he has no control over you. That's a lie. It's never true. Your safety is in obedience to what you have been told to do or not to do. So until, listen, until you start doing what God tells you to do and until you stop doing what God says don't do, you are prone to Satan's influence no matter where you belong and no matter what you do in the house of God. 
is not as safe as it looks. How many of us would have really loved it that once I'm in church, I'm safe? We would have all loved it, isn't it? But the truth is, your safety is not in where you are. Your safety is in who you obey. Hallelujah. And that is why as a Christian who would experience the power of God remain under the power of God all the days of your life. Obedience to God must be your priority for living. Not your personal comfort and not how a thing makes you feel or what pleasure it brings to you. Because all those things Satan can use them to bring you under his power. The offer of Satan to Adam and Eve was not an offer of pay, but an offer that promised them to be wiser. It is only after they discovered that Satan doesn't deliver promises. Now, as for Satan, he never delivers any promise. Hallelujah. I see you rising up to be an obedient child of God. I say, I see you rising to be an obedient child of God. Many of us are in church, but painfully, don't set as the goal of our life to obey God. But it is in your obedience of God that maintains you safe under God's power. So if you are in church and you don't have a Bible, I have a problem. I have a problem. And I have a problem with you. You are my problem. And the problem is you're not having a Bible. Father, solve my problem by making every child of you under my voice have a Bible in Jesus' name. Yes. Whatever has deceived you not to have a Bible, I rebuke it. Number two, the Bible must be read. And the reason why I started with having a Bible is because how can you read if you don't have? So the Bible must be read. And you shall read your Bible in Jesus' name. Every demonic spirit that has told you lies and continually tells you lies at every attempt to read your Bible, I rebuke you, Satan. Take off your voice out of the lives of the people. Father, grant that passion, that desire to be attracted to your word. May we enjoy your word as we read it. By opening our eyes 
to see wondrous things out of your law. In Jesus' name. Amen. And then when you read and you don't think about it, it is like biting food and keeping it in your mouth. Unfortunately, not all food is digested in your mouth. The only food element that gets digested in your mouth are carbohydrates. I mean, by carbohydrates, I mean pap, bread, potatoes, but even that, it has to be chewed. And what else? Rice. Uh So you know the carbohydrates, isn't it? Good. You know, I can't assume that everybody knows everything. Because how do we call carbohydrates in Tswana? No, no, it's okay, it's okay. Don't start. Don't start. Don't start saying things that are not. I was not asking you to... I was not asking for an answer. I was just saying why I needed to explain carbohydrate. Good. So, you see, not meditating on the word, which is, meditation is not something for funny people. Do you get it? Because the word meditation sometimes feels like it's funny people who do meditation. No. The meditation is to just think on what you have read. You see, it is thinking on what I read and sometimes even what I have, I'm saying that opens up and tells me more. Can I tell you something? I've never thought of the fact that Adam and Eve didn't, I've not thought of the fact that they came under the power of Satan right in the very presence or in the very house of God. Now, as I was preaching, then I said, ah, being in the house of God is not a place of safety because Adam and Eve were tempted in the garden, not outside the garden. So, a little bit of thinking on what you read is important for you to get the best out of what you have read. Are you with me? So, buy a Bible. Have a good Bible. But when you have it, read it. And when you read it, think about it. At least it will take, your thinking about what you have read will take away some of the time you've been given to think on negative things. And therefore, the negativity of your, your, your mood will be reduced. Because some of us, we, we are always depressed because of what we think on. Remember this. Your mood is an expression of your thoughts. This is just by the way. The way you feel has to do with what you are thinking. If you want to feel happy, change your thoughts. Yeah. 
You can't feel happy when you maintain your negative thoughts. Because nobody gets excited by seeing how much they have failed. Hello? Please, be, I mean, before we get onto medication, do you get it? Please change your thoughts. And don't think that what you are thinking has nothing to do with how you feel. It has everything to do with how you feel. So please remember this. Therefore, thinking on the word of God would allow God by his spirit to also answer some of your thoughts or give you deeper revelation. But the benefit of it also is that it reduces how much time you have left for those of you who are negative thinkers to think on negative things. Because the word of God is always positive. Even when God is rebuking you, there's always a verse that tells you that if you change, I'll do this for you. I mean, sometimes I feel, when I read the Bible, I feel God is begging us to change. Because when the person is telling you what he will do for you if you were to change, is he not begging you to change? It's like a man trying to woo a woman and tell her, if you say yes, I'll buy you a house, I'll buy you a car, I'll do this for you, I'll take you on holidays and things like that. You shall have as come for yourself. <laughs> I didn't know this. This one is from, from your pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. So listen, listen. I just want to round up. Now, it's important for us to understand that obedience is the key. Obedience is the key to staying under the power of God. Now, I just want to quickly give you some two things that would help your obedience. By asking ourselves, and please, I'm preaching slowly and relaxingly. Not because what I'm saying is not powerful. Do you get it? Not because what I'm saying is not powerful. So those of you that want the preacher to be jumping and all those things, look, look, I intend to preach for a very long time. So I'm using my energy sparingly. It's not a short run. I'm jumping. No, I intend to be preaching when I'm 80 years old. The Lord giving me life and health. So I'm just taking it. You see, I'm, I'm adapting a style that allows me to go longer and further. Because if you are the type who is jumping and all over the place, by 57, your waist will tell you that, listen, look, I've been around long enough and this jumping, you, you have to stop. Because in one of your jumps, you will land and a bone will shift. And then you will be in a particular posture that people will think the Holy Spirit is, is working. But it's not the Holy Spirit. It's the bones that are telling you that we don't like this misbehavior of yours. So listen, I intend to, I'm, I'm learning the pace 
that the 80-year-old can handle. Do you get it? Uh-huh. So that's why I preach calmly and I take my time. And I also take my time so that you can understand. So what I'm saying is that if obedience is the key to our being under God's power, if obedience is the fulfillment of God's dream for our lives, this is the dream of God for for you and for me, is that we will be under his power. That is the dream of God. And you come under a person's power when you are obedient to them. I think in Romans chapter 6 somewhere, it says that to whom you yield yourself servant to obey, to him, you are his servant. Therefore, if God's agenda for our lives is so that we come, we, we get removed from the power of Satan and come under his power, then obedience is the key to remaining under the power of God. Obedience to God. Obedience to God. Now, I want to just share with you to help you to understand something. That it is important for you to obey God. It is necessary for you to obey And that you can obey God. And you have to obey God. Why? Now, what makes us not obey God? Or what will make us not to obey God? Number one. Let's look at it. When an instruction is given, what is the basis of that instruction? Or what, what is behind that instruction? What is behind any instruction is the knowledge and the understanding of the instructor. Is the knowledge and the understanding of the instructor. You see, this crooked pattern in the door. You see, it's not the frame that is crooked. It's the pattern in the door that is crooked. And it's quite ugly now that I'm looking at it. It's just that I've decided to accept it for now like that. Because half a loaf is better than bread. I mean, half a loaf is better than none. Please. Good. So, but, but I reject it. I've rejected it and I still reject it. And I'll have it removed and replaced with the correct one. Amen. I will not accept it. No, no, I'm just using it for now. Just temporarily. But i have it removed and redone and redone properly. Good. So, I gave an instruction that And the instruction is that the artisans must always be supervised. But the person I gave the instruction to did not obey my instruction. But you see, the basis of my instruction is that a lot of the artisans know how to join the thing. Because if you give me a welding rod right now, you get it. I can weld, but obviously, one welding may take quite a long time because it's not what I do. Because it's just common sense. Once they turn on the thing, you can weld. It's not, it's not anything difficult. You can weld. They see, but the artisans, they've done it all so they know how to do it and do it faster. 
Because they are comf- confident and comfortable with doing it. But they are artisans. You and I may not be artisans. We may not know it. How to weld it. Some of us, truly speaking, we can't weld. When they give us the welding rods and things, we will not even know what to do. The sparks alone will make us run. Now, so I told them that they are artisans, but they don't have that diligence of making things straight. Because there are, there are ways of doing things straight. And there are ways of also cutting such that everything will be equal in length. What they do is that they cut one and they use it to measure the other. Forgetting that the grinder is often not straight, it's twisted. Instead of measuring all the things they have to cut and mark it clearly, then they can use one to cut as a pattern so that when it's twisted, because of the presence of the mark, you can see the twist. But when it's plain, when it's twisted, you can't see. But the marking would allow you that you are deviating. So come back. And it will not be, it will not run through like the way it is now. So I have talked about the thing and I've talked about the processes that must be put in place to prevent such things. The person I've given instructions to thinks that my instruction is like you are too fussy. The result is this. Do you get it? But the reason why the person disobeyed my instruction is that the person did not think that I know a little bit more and understand a little bit more than themselves. It is hard to disobey somebody that you acknowledge that the person knows a bit more than you. It is hard to disobey somebody that you know that the person understands a bit more than you. Oh yes, people will disobey. But the reason why we disobey, and remember that our thinking, the way we think, is what governs what we do. So for a person to disobey you, what they have said in their minds is that what you have said is not true what you have said is not actually what it is and that you don't understand something. And that what they know and what they understand is what there is to be. Therefore, they will disobey your instruction. Now, in the same way, you see, when it comes to the instruction of God, when it comes to God's word and his instruction, the only reason why we will disobey God is when we equate him to ourselves. So any life that elevates God and the wisdom of God above your wisdom and knowledge would always and likely to obey God. Do you know why we obey the doctors? When a doctor says, I want to operate on you, because this is a, we go to them, we consult them, they say, what you have? This is a, or they give you medication. Most people obey. 
Some still are very stubborn. I mean, after stubborn people, you have them no matter what you do. But majority of us, we obey our doctors. And we obey so many professionals. Why? Because within us, we have admitted that they know something that we don't know. We, ad- we admit that they know something that we don't know. And they understand something that we don't understand. Therefore, we must obey them. Let me give you an example. You see, I told you that I need about 200,000 to do a foundation in Swaziland. When I went there at first, when I went there at first, they've dug the ground and everything. They said, well, here in Swaziland, we don't do, we don't, we just build like this. So by the look of the soil, they have decided to do their foundation. But the site is by a river. You are building a public place, not a personal house. If one person dies in a public place, all your good intents will amount to nothing. You go to jail as a pastor of the church. So when I went, I said, you know what, guys? And there was an engineer on site, an old man. But he didn't look confident to me. So I said, you know, guys? And sometimes people call themselves engineers because maybe they worked, an, they worked in an engineer's office. <laughs> oh, you, you don't know? Oh, no, no, no. Sometimes people are causing. So when you hear that he's this, ask a question properly, you discover that he may not be exactly that. Oh, sometimes in the hospital, you see white coat and a stethoscope is used to identify doctors. I don't know whether now, but in the olden days. You can buy a white coat and a stethoscope is not equal to a doctor. Because the nurses have a stethoscope. And so many other people, even the physio and other people, they have stethoscope. <laughs> anyway, let me stay on course. So listen, I got, when I went, I said, you know what? There are steps, there are processes. I asked, do we have a soil test to know what type of soil we are dealing with? They said no. So I said, ah, how can you be digging a foundation by looking at it with your eye? So I said, listen, let's stop the discussion. Let's do a soil test. So we ordered a soil test. When the soil test came, it came that the ground is clay. Clay shifts. It moves a lot. So with the soil test results, I said, let's get an, another engineer to give us a drawing. And they got another engineer who gave us a drawing and said, we need reinforcement. And I've drawn something that looks what they call a raft foundation to strengthen it so that the foundation is one piece. So that if there's a movement, it has to be one piece. It's not like this part is moving and this part is stable. That's when it will break. The engineer is going to cost me 70,000 extra from the concrete that I needed because apart from his fees that I have to pay. Now he says that I need iron rods. 
the only reason I'll be willing to pay more by his presence is because I trust his judgment. If I didn't, I have no reason to spend 70,000 extra when I could have, when I was going to do it without him. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So we disobey and we don't obey instruction because we have reduced the person to our level and we analyze the person's instruction according to our understanding and our knowledge. So based on our knowledge and our understanding, we analyze the instruction and we draw a conclusion whether it's a good instruction or a bad instruction. Now, when it comes to God, listen carefully, I'm closing. When it comes to God, your knowledge and his knowledge are not classmates. Why? Because you just came. You haven't even seen tomorrow before. Oh, no matter how old you are, you have not seen tomorrow before. Who is here that you have seen tomorrow before? I said, who is here that you have seen tomorrow? Or you have even seen this evening? (laughs) But I can tell you that God, who knows the end of a thing from the beginning, can tell you all about tomorrow. In fact, one of the challenges he throws up, I think in either Lamentations or one of the Old Testament books, is that, tell me something that will be tomorrow and let's see whether it will be. But I tell you what shall be and it actually happens. So you see, here, you are not being instructed by somebody who is your classmate. You are being instructed by somebody who knows everything. Who has been here from when there was nothing. Who has been here from the beginning. Who has seen generation pass and generation come. And he's saying that here, this is how you do it. Now, after this explanation, to disobey God would mean that you must be a very stubborn fool. A fool who is stubborn. You know, some people can, you can be a fool, but you are not stubborn. But, because when you check all through the Bible, you check all through happenings of life, whatever God has said is always what it is. Even your mother, when you were, that boy was chasing you, and he said, that boy is a bad boy. He said, Mama, you don't know. But you soon discovered that he's a bad boy. You discovered that even though Mama didn't know him, Mama could see beyond what he's presenting to you and conclude that he's a bad boy. If you had listened, you would have had one less broken heart. But now you are sitting on seven and still having to try. And the only reason why you are number seven, even though you are only 23, 
is because you have not valued the counsel of those who know. So in the same way, you see, Satan would like to deceive us to believe and to think that God is our equal. And therefore, we can analyze his instruction according to our understanding. Knowing very well that our understanding is deficient of knowledge and everything. God understands everything. And because he, 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 he understands it because he knows what was then, what is now, and what shall be. So the, the wisdom or what will give you strength to obey God is to analyze and to accept that God is superior. That is why when he was talking to the Israelites and they were still stubborn, he told them that my ways are not your ways. Neither are my thoughts your thoughts. For as far as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways from your ways and your thoughts from my thoughts. Let that settle the matter between you and between us and our God. And let us obey his instruction. When an instruction is given and it is difficult to obey, it's not a reason to disobey. It's a reason to ask for help. Let me say it again. When an instruction is given in the word of God and it's difficult to obey, it's not the reason to disobey. But rather, it's a reason to ask for help from the instructor. And he will give every help that you need. Let's rise to our feet. I want you to lift up your voice and speak to the Lord. As Lord, help me. The greatest worship of you, the greatest thing that I can do to bring to pass your dream for my life, your desire for my life is to obey you. I choose to obey you. Because your wisdom is above my wisdom. Your knowledge is above my knowledge. And your understanding is superior to my understanding. Therefore, from today, I cease to analyze your instructions according to my understanding. And rather, see them as superior wisdom. And therefore, every effort be made to obey. Father, wherever I struggle in obeying yes, your instruction, Lord. I ask for your help. Yes, Lord. I ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. The help of the Lift Holy Spirit. Thank you, oh, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. We are asking for your help. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We are asking, Lord, your to help. obey the instructions, Lord. Your help. Your word. Mm. Your word, Lord. Lord, help us. Your word, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Help us to obey your word. Help us. Help us, Lord. Help us, we pray. Help us. Give us the help of the Holy Thank Spirit. You. We want to remain under your Holy power Spirit. at all times. In the name of By Jesus. By obeying you. In the name of help Jesus. Us. Mighty God, help we us. ask for the help, help of the Holy Ghost. For the help that comes from above. Oh, that Lord, in your instructions, Lord, Lord, help. Even when we do not understand, but because you have said, because you are superior, 
because you know tomorrow you have seen tomorrow that we have not seen father we ask in the name of jesus help lord give us your help yes lord thank you in the name of jesus Help us, Lord. Oh, Lord, help. We ask for your help. 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 To obey you. To obey you, Lord. Yes, Lord. You deserve our obedience. Your obedience. Lord, help. Help us, Lord. To obey your instruction. Your word, your God. We want to remain under your power at all times. Never under the power of the enemy of Jesus. By our strict obedience. We pray for your help, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Father, I release a supernatural blessing of obedient children. Yes, Lord upon our lives. Yes, Lord. We shall be obedient. Yes, Lord. In every way. In every way, Lord. And in everything, Lord. In everything, Lord. Through your teaching. Through your teaching, Lord. Through your prompting. Your prompting. Holy Spirit. Yes. Our helper. Our helper. Lead us to always obey. Lead us, Holy Spirit. Even when it is difficult. When it's difficult. We always remember to call on you. Yes, Lord. For you are with us as a helper. Yes, Lord. You are with us as a comforter. A comforter. You are with us as a strengthener. As a strengthener. Holy Spirit, we will depend on you. We depend on you. To be found obedient children of God. Yes, Lord. At all times. In the name that of That we will Jesus. never come under the power of the devil. Oh, yes. But we will always be under the power of the God who loved us and gave yes, himself Lord. to us. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And as we enjoy your yes, power, Lord. our lives shall be our life shall according be to your purpose. According to your purpose, Lord. Frustration shall go out of our lives. Yes, Lord. Even our difficulties shall have a purpose. Yes, Lord. It shall accomplish great things. In the name of and Jesus. And we shall see it. Yes, and Lord. And we shall enjoy it. Mm. And give praise to you. Give praise to you, you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray for every heart that is broken. Yes, Lord. I pray for every spirit that is low. Every spirit, Lord. That Lord, let it be lifted up. Let it be lifted let up. Let it be Lord. lifted up. Let it be lifted up, Lord. By your help. By your help, Lord. By your contribution. By your contribution. By your supernatural power. By your supernatural let power. Let our lives turn around. Yes, Lord. To glorify your name. To glorify your and to name. Give praise. In the name Fill of our Jesus. mouth with laughter. Yes, Lord. Fill our hearts with joy. Yes, Lord. Oh, when we think about you. When we think about we you, think Lord. Yes, we Lord. We always best out with praise. Yes, Lord. Giving you thanks. In the name of because Jesus. Because of your goodness. I thank you and I pray for every life that is here. Yes, Lord. That, Lord, your work shall be accomplished yes, in that life. Lord. No life shall accomplish the works of darkness. Mm. But every life shall accomplish the works of God. Yes, Lord. Because it was created for that. Yes, Lord. And it shall live that purpose. In the name I of thank Jesus. thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes. As every Lord. head is bowed and every eye closed. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life mm. to Jesus. I want to believe in Jesus so that I move out of the power of Satan. You have preached Christ to me today. And I want to come to Jesus just as I am. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Lift up your right hand. Let me pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus is the one inviting you. I'm just a servant sent to tell you that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son Jesus to die for your sins 
But not only for your sins, but actually to bring you from the power of the devil to his power. Today you have an opportunity to believe in Jesus and therefore change whose power is operating you. Choose the power of God because it will bring into your life good works, good, great things to the surprise of many. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus and come under God's power. Lift up your right hand and pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift it up high, lift it up high. Lift it up high. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I know some of us are debating. What does it mean? What it means is that Satan is no longer your God. The God of heaven will be your God. Lift up your right hand and let me pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Lift it up high. I want to see you pray. Lift your right hand up. Just the right hand so that I know that you are. Just the right. Just the right. Just the right. Thank you. Father, the lifted hand is a voice that is crying to its maker. That is crying to its lover and saying, Lord, just as I am, I come to you without one plea. Your blood was shed for the remission of my sins. But for my release from the power of darkness into your kingdom. Today, just as I am, I come. You lifted up your right hand. I want you to come. Come, let me pray with you. Yeah, come quickly. Come. I just saw one or two people lift up their eyes. Come. I come. I Let's pray this prayer together. Congregation, help us to pray. But those of you here, I want you to mean it. It may be a very simple prayer, but God hears and answers such simple prayers. I want to say, Father, Father, I come to you. I come to you just as I am. Just as I am. I have no argument to favor me. I have no arguments to favor me. Because I've been a rebellious child. Because I've been a rebellious child. And I've done things my own way. When I've done things my own way. But today. But today. I come to you. I come to you. As my God. As my God. Asking for forgiveness of my sins. Asking for forgiveness of my sins. And receiving me. And receiving you. Back as your child. Back as your child. I confess, I confess that Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is your son. Is your son. You sent him to earth. You sent him to earth. He died for my sins. He died for my sins. When he hung on the cross. When he hung on the cross. His blood was shed. His blood was shed. So that I would have forgiveness of my sins. So that I would have forgiveness of my sins. He rose again on the third day. He rose again on the third day. Seated at your right hand. Seated at your right hand. So that I would have a new life. So that I would have a new life. I thank you for all this. I thank you for all this. As I confess Jesus Christ. As I confess Jesus Christ. As Lord. As Lord. As my Lord. As my Lord. And my Savior. And my Savior. From today. From today. I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. And to Jesus alone. And to Jesus alone. I will live my life. I will live my life. Satan. Satan. 
It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I'm not your slave any longer. Not your slave anymore. I will live for Jesus. I will live for Jesus. By the help of his Holy Spirit. By the help of his Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. For my salvation. For my salvation. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for these lives. Let them be a blessed life. Bless them because you have ordained for them to be blessed. Let their lives fulfill every purpose of you. And let them become vessels that your testimony is read from. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. We believe you've been blessed by this message. To stay connected, follow our LCI social media platforms.